Good morning, church. We are uh, beginning a three-week series focused on groups, small groups, because we believe, and this is a premise of this series, that life is better connected. We are built and wired for relationship. And we're at our best when we, our relationships around us are in a healthy place. But it's amazing how when there's unhealth in our relationships, how that can disrupt everything in our lives. So in Genesis chapter 2, God talks about this dynamic with his creation. He's called everything good up to this point. But in Genesis 2.18, these are the words that we read about the condition of humans and the brokenness of relationships. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. It's not good for isolation to be our situation. God has made us for relationship. We are made to feel a part of something bigger than ourselves. And every week when we come together into this room, what we're doing is we're reuniting the bonds of the brothers and sisters in Christ that we do have. We're reminding ourselves of the story that we live out in the midst of this world. We worship our God. We take these elements of bread and and juice, and they remind us of who we are and the story that we are living into. And every week when you come into this place, you hear some words that are our vision. We feel God has led us to be a church that loves God, loves people, serves others. And those three uh, ideas come right out of Scripture, right out of the mouth of Jesus, actually, the importance of these three things. If you'll turn with me first to Matthew chapter 22, it's the first place that we come across this idea, or Jesus reiterates what's been a theme throughout Scripture. But there's an expert in the law that comes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, which is the most important commandment? Many of you have read this before. You may have memorized this even. It's such an important part of Scripture that we seek to follow as Christians. This is what Jesus' response is about the most important commandment. This is Matthew 22, beginning in verse 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus actually says two, like some of us that like to, you know, get in a little more than the question asks. Hey, the first is love God with everything you have, but the second, it's, it's just like it. It rivals in importance. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so our vision, when we talk about loving God and loving people, they come from those two ideas. When Jesus sets out what the most important commandment is, if we follow those two, we followed all the law, Jesus says. That's what the law sums up. But we realized that as, as we were setting up this vision, before I even got here, that there's a missing component to that that Jesus talks about a little bit later in his ministry. And it comes as Jesus is about to ascend back to the Father and leave his disciples on earth to continue his work, he gives them a commission. We call it the Great Commission. And it shows up in Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18. Listen to these words that Jesus says to those he's about to leave. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. There's a calling not just to love God and love his people within these four walls. No, the calling is beyond that. It's to make disciples not just in our city or our county or the state we live in or the nation. Go into all the world and make disciples of all of these people. And so that last part of the vision, serving people, is about this broader commission that God has given us. It's not enough just to love God and love his people. Yes, that's a huge part. It's the greatest commandments. But there's a calling that God has given us as his people to go into all the world. And so we say this each and every week, usually in the welcome and at the end, to remind us of our, 
our, our calling, our vision as a church. We love God. We're called to love people. We're called to serve others. And this morning, I want to let you know, just remind you of things you might have already known, but this is a new way we want to say just kind of the strategy that we have, the places we want you to go, the things we want you to be involved with as a part of this church family. And it's real simple to remember. You're going to hear this language more often. We want you to, uh, to join a gathering, to join a group, and to join a team. Join a gathering is what you're doing here this morning, right? Our worship gatherings are places where we love God. And so we link up that love God piece with the worship that we give to God. And of course, worship is way beyond what we do here on Sunday morning, but this is the way we do that communally each week. But we also want you to join a group. And the groups are our small groups that we've had for a long time here at Greenville Oaks. It's important for us to walk with other people. And so it's important that we find a group of people that we're committed to, that we know their stories and their names and we sit across the table from and live and join. But it's also important that we join a team. Those teams are service opportunities, our children's ministry team, our our, our, our greeting team that, that you see every week when you come in the doors, our, our worship teams. There's, there's all kinds of teams that you can be engaged with, and many of you are, but those are three important things that tie right to the vision, right? Loving God, join a gathering, be a part of worship, join a, a group that's part of our loving people, and then serving others happens in the teams that we join up with. And so those are just three ways to remember the commitments that we're making to be a part of the vision. And over the past few years, we've made a, a great effort to try to improve the way we do each of those three things. We've talked a lot about the worship gathering. We've made some changes to the worship gathering last year at the beginning of the year, adding an instrumental service option, trying to reach more people whose heart language is different as they connect with God and to reach those who we haven't reached yet. We knew that we wanted to remove all barriers that were getting in the way of people finding Jesus. And this was a chance we did. So there was a lot of effort and focus on trying to improve our gatherings when we come together. This is an important time where we come to worship God. But at the beginning of this year, what we said to you was, you're going to hear a focus on some new things. You're going to hear this year a lot more about our groups and about service. And that's exactly what we tried to do this year. We had a, a set of classes, adult classes, that was focused on community earlier this year. I, I preached a sermon series called Declaration of Dependence, where I talked about the importance of community and the danger of isolation. And, uh, and, and, and this fall, you're going to hear a lot more about groups, which I'm going to tell you more about in a moment. But we've also focused on service. I mean, you can see a representation behind us of over 10,000 hours of service that were completed this summer. Each of these hands represents 100 hours of service we had made a major focus on that. And so we tried to move away from just focus on how we do church, which is sometimes what we've gotten caught up in, getting it all right and trying to improve that quality to really say, really, what Jesus called us to do was to make disciples, to, to ask the question, how do we do life together in the kingdom of God? And so we hope this year you've seen that focus change from, from just how we get together and how we do it here to really how do we do life in the kingdom. And over the next three weeks, what I want to do is I want to focus in on that groups portion, that join a group, that love people piece. And I want to share with you over the next three weeks, three reasons why I think it's important to be a part of a group if we're not already a part of one that's helping us find our way to Jesus. And the first I want to share this morning, the first reason is this. Groups are important because they provide a place for me or a place for us to find belonging, to find belonging. You know, we all desire two things in our lives. We desire a whole lot more than that. But these two things, I think, are natural to every single human being. And it is that we want to be fully known and we want to be fully loved. 
I've talked about this before in the service. I think this is just this innate sense that God has given us. And it's not enough to have one without the other. Because if we're fully loved, but we're not fully known, the, the fear is that if we were to fully share who we are and all the struggles and all the sins that we deal with, we might not be loved on the other side of that. So it's not enough just to experience love without a full knowing of who we are. In the same way that it's not enough to be you know, fully known and not be fully loved. That's the worst scenario, right? Is that when we have shared all of who we are, we're not received, we're not loved by those who are around us. No, we need both of those things, don't we? A place where we can belong, where we can be honest with what's going on in our lives, the struggles we have, who we long to be, but we can also be fully received and loved, trusting that love and grace are the things that transform us to becoming the humans God longs for us to fully become. And belonging happens in our groups. That's the place where that fully known, fully loved thing takes place most. It's not going to happen in a room full of 500 people. It's going to happen the way it happened in the early centuries in house churches, kind of. That's what our group systems really are. As I was thinking about this this week and thinking about a text from Scripture that I wanted to come out of to talk about the idea of belonging, I I thought of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles or or your tablets open, your phones open with me or, or scroll down to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to start reading in verse 12, and I want you to hear this image. I, I, I do this talk every time we have a class called Discovering Green Below, because many of you have been through, and if you haven't yet, we'll have one coming up that we hope you'll attend. But uh, this lets you know a little bit about what we mean when we talk about church membership. It comes out of a context. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through uh, 14. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts, many parts form one body, so it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, when we mention church membership, a lot of allusions come to mind in 21st century American culture. When, when you hear the word membership, I think the first thing we tend to go to is like a a Sam's Club membership or a health club membership, right? These, these things are if you, if you pay your dues, then you can expect to receive certain services. And when you decide those services aren't worth the amount you're paying, you may kind of decide not to be a part of the membership. And if you don't pay, you, you won't be let in either, right? And sometimes when we talk about membership, that carries over to church and we think that's what we're talking about. And I just want to say that is not what we're talking about when we talk about membership in a, here at Green Velocity. To be a member is to go back to what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, in my translation, the NIV here, it says uh, many parts form one body. But some of you may have been looking at different translations, and many of them translate that uh, different members form one body. The image is of the body of Christ. Christ is the head of that body, but each one of us plays a role in the body of Christ, the church at large. And the body functions best when all of its members, when all of its parts are functioning in the way they were created to function. So I'm I'm curious what your gifts are. Your spiritual gifts are given, and, and 1 Corinthians talks about the Spirit gives you those gifts so that you can build up the church. You can edify, you can you, you can equip the saints and, and 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 allow the church to be what it should be. So if you're not contributing your part to the body, the body actually isn't going to be at its best when all of us aren't playing the role that we have. Now, different ones of us have different roles, some more public and some more private. Uh, Let's read on, and actually Paul talks about that very thing. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 15 and following. 
Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. See, our different parts, the different gifts that we have, the different personalities and makeups and experiences and backgrounds, all of those things make up a body that functions well. And so a few years ago, I came on and I became in some ways like a mouthpiece. But the reality is, my mouth can work all day long, but if my heart starts pumping, it's no good, the mouth that I have. And if the hands don't reach out, I mean, there are parts that are visible and there are parts that are invisible in every church. And in fact, right now, there's a nursery where it's not as visible as those of us who are in the room. We see each other, but I got to tell you, without that nursery working, (laughs) it would be a different space. Without our children's ministry that serves in children's ministry every single Sunday, outside of most of us seeing that, it's ama- our kids wouldn't have the same connection, the same small group possibilities, the same growth that happens in their age-specific groups. We all have different roles. And those different roles are important no matter how public or private they might be. Just because you're an ear doesn't mean you're not important. Just because, well, the appendix, I don't know if any of us are that, right? But the early church... When Paul writes this, he's not writing to a group of 600 people saying that all of you make up one body. He's writing probably to a dozen, maybe a few dozen people in a house church. There's several house churches in Corinth that he's writing to in the scene. And he's saying, you all in these house churches, you're, you're the body of Christ. Your different parts make up the importance. And when you come together, you need to realize that you contribute to that body. And I would say the same to us. It's great that we get to worship in a room this size. The early Christians in Corinth didn't have that benefit because persecution was a reality and the church hadn't grown to the point it has today. So I'm grateful that we get to worship in a room like this, but all of us need an experience like the early church had too. We need a house church of sorts. We need a group to be a part of, people who know our names and our faces and our stories and are able to help us contribute in that way. You know, for me, this has become really important, the groups in my development. It was about a year and a half ago at this church that I had lunch with several guys about my age with young kids that were saying the same thing at lunches with me. They were saying, I, I feel disconnected relationally with other men in this church. Really don't, because, because my job is so much, and then I've got everything devoted to my family when it's not there, and, and I don't feel like I'm as close to God as I'd like to be, and I'd, I'd love to fix that. I just don't know that I have the time to fix that. And I understood that burden and that struggle of finding time in the midst of career, in the midst of family, right? And I, I heard this enough that I realized, you know, we probably ought to do something about this. So I asked those guys, I said, would you be willing if we could make sure it's not a burden to your family? If we could find a time that would work for everyone. There's other guys that are saying the same thing. Would you want to get together and see what happens? We just try to walk through discipleship together. So we got together and they, you know, the time we figured out was probably not a time that would work for everyone. But for us, it was nine o'clock at night on a weeknight because we could put the kids down to bed and then. We could kind of go off to a restaurant in Plano and figure out our way. And so we met together for the first time, and, and, and that schedule worked for us. And I'll tell you, we shut the place down most nights about midnight. That's how long we end up staying together because what we've done is we shared our stories with one another. We shared our lives. We have something in common and what we're seeking. Another night we were together, and it was amazing to hear what they were sharing in terms of their growth. I felt the same way. I felt more connected. They felt more connected. I, I, I felt 
like I'm closer to God, they felt the same thing. And, and they each said that this wasn't a burden that their wife felt at all. It was actually something they wouldn't want them to go without a group like that in the future because it made them a better husband and a better father. And I'm thinking about that. It, it, the different groups that we have are going to look different depending on stage of life and, and different concerns and needs that are out there. But each of us need a group like that, a group where we can be honest with everything in our lives, a group where we can share that we have needs about discipleship and growing together. And I'll tell you what, it can change your life. It'll change the way you do life if you find a group like that. It's changed my life, and I'm grateful for that group. This morning, I want to share with you some news about the future of small groups at Greenville Oaks. Uh, Greenville Oaks started a small groups ministry 25 years ago. 25 years. Some of you, it's amazing. You've been serving in that role for 25 straight years. And between 35 to 40% of our church family attends one of our connecting point groups, uh, at least uh, commits to one through the school year usually. Some groups meet throughout the year. And actually, that's a really good figure. That may be discouraging to some of you, but actually 35 to 40 is about twice the average of most churches today. And so we want to celebrate that fact. And, 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 and these connecting point groups will continue to be the core of our group's ministry. We're grateful for all of you who've served, who show up at hospital rooms. There is real community. There is real care that is happening in this groups. In fact, connecting point groups are the primary way that care happens in our church. And, and next week, you heard about GroupLink. Uh, that's an opportunity for you to get connected in one of those as well. It's a place where we know people's names and stories. It's a place where care happens. I'm grateful to those of you who serve and who, in a leadership role in that capacity, I'm grateful for those who are in those groups who provide that care to one another. But we realize that as much as that is happening for 35 to 40%, that means there's 60 to 65% who aren't having that experience. And that's about, that's something we think we can do something about because we realize that that structure of connecting point groups, about a nine-month commitment once a week usually for most groups, it's a pretty big commitment for a lot of people. And so it may be uh, helpful to add another option that would look a little different that would be a step into groups. And so uh, I, we know that sometimes it's time that's an issue. Sometimes it's children and trying to figure out that stage of life and how we work this with kids. So we realized that we really need to do more to connect with different kinds of people in different situations. So we're going to continue the great work of connecting point groups. Those are going to continue to be the core of our group's ministry moving forward. And we don't want you to do anything if you're in a group that's, that's going great. Don't change that for a second. But we do need to broaden our ministry with more options for different scenarios that are out there. And so we're actually uh, this morning going to be uh, changing the name of our group's ministry to community groups. That's the language we're going to use for the overarching kind of umbrella of our group's ministry. And that community is kind of a dual purpose, that word. We want to build community and relationships in these groups. That's a function, but we also want to reach our community through this. And so when we talk about community groups, there's that dual focus. And underneath community groups, we're going to have the same groups that we've had as an option. We're going to shorten the name from connecting point groups and start referring to them as connect groups. But there's another option that I want to also introduce to you that's the, the, the option that many of you may want to choose for this next fall. Uh, there's something we're going to call, uh, well, we'll have different names for them, actually. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But the new group option is one that will meet probably three times a year for about a six to eight week period, shorter term commitment, shorter term groups. And we plan to launch these groups that will meet and they'll discuss the sermon like many of the connect groups currently do. Some of you may remember before I got here, there was a, 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 a time where the church went through 40 days of 
purpose and had groups that went along with the sermons for further discussion. It was an all-church campaign. And for this fall, we're going to be launching a similar thing. Our current Connect groups, we want to encourage you, take the material we're going to use. But these are going to be called Simple Truth Groups, these short-term groups for the series I'm launching because I'm starting a series called The Simple Truth. I really think this series is important. I think it's a great conversation for believers to have. I think it's a great conversation to begin with neighbors and friends because the reality is in our world, truth is one of those conversations that's coming up all the time. See the hashtag all the time, right? Fake news. There's this question in our culture of what's true and how can it be accounted for? What can we trust and what is it that we can't? And maybe we just need to give up on truth. After the last 50 plus years, post-modernity has led us to a place where truth is relative and and what, what's, what you believe is good for you, what I believe is good for me, let's just leave it at that and tolerate one another. Let's remind ourselves tolerance is the lowest level of human inter- interaction, right? Which is actually a step above some of what we see in our world. But the goal isn't tolerance, it's to move past that to love and care and nurture for one another. So the simple truth is going to be a series where we're going to have a seven-week conversation where I'm going to take on seven kind of topics about truth And we're going to empower you all to lead conversations, to host conversations. We want as many of you as possible to be willing to sign up for this opportunity. And what it will be is a seven-week commitment. Anyone can do anything for seven weeks, right? To host a conversation, to invite friends, neighbors, maybe people here at church. We we hope we'll also be engaging with neighbors and friends. Maybe you'll meet in an office complex, or maybe you'll meet at a restaurant like the group that I described. Maybe you'll meet in a home. And we're going to have a conversation about truth based on the sermons that I'm preaching. I'm going to take on several topics. We're going to talk about the simple truth about uh, the Bible, the simple truth about humans. We'll talk about the truth about grace, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, about baptism. We'll talk about the truth as it relates to God's calling and mission on our lives as well. So each week I'm going to take one of these topics and we're going to provide questions to everyone who signs up to be a host for these conversations. But not only that, what I'm going to do in addition is I'm going to... uh, After I preach each of those messages, I'm going to, right after that, go and I'm going to film a Facebook Live uh, video. And that Facebook Live video is something that anyone who has Facebook is able to connect with and see. It's going to be basically a recap of the sermon. So if you were serving in children's ministry or a different area or you missed that Sunday, or we invite neighbors or friends who aren't a part of the church, they'll get a brief kind of overview of what the sermon was. And then I'll share a a bridge into the questions that are going to be developed that we're going to pass off to you as well. And what you'll do is, as a leader, we'd love for you to look at that ahead of your group time, but show that as the beginning point of your group discussion that week, and then follow up with the questions that we're going to designate and really make sure drive home the point. And it'll be a great conversation, I believe, about each of these topics. This is such an important topic in our culture. I've been planning all summer, praying through this series. I'm really excited to deliver these messages, but we want you to know this is a conversation. This is not just going to stop with the sermon on Sunday morning. It's going to continue on, we hope, in many homes and places. Everyone who has a phone can connect that way. And if you're not on Facebook, we're going to make sure and find a way to connect that on the website or on another site that you can connect to. We want everyone to be a part of this who, uh, who has a desire to. So this is a whole church challenge. Maybe you haven't stepped up into a group. This would be a great season to do that. Next week, you'll find out more at our group link event. Um, but I want you to look right now at the row in front of you. In fact, I want you to take the card out that, I think I've got it here with me, that looks like this. There should be one in a chair in front of you somewhere around you. Take this out if you would. This is a card um, that we're asking you that if you have interest in signing up to be a a host, you're just basically starting a conversation with some friends that you pull together. We want 
We're, we're hoping that dozens and dozens of these will be launched in homes and offices in restaurants all over the place. If you've got a group right now that's used to doing a study, maybe you take a break and just take seven weeks on this series. Or, or maybe there's a group of neighbors that you haven't connected with and you've wanted to go deeper with. This might be a great way to engage that conversation. As I plan these sermons, I'm planning with Christians in my mind, planning also with those who haven't made a commitment yet to Jesus in mind as well. And so I want to encourage you to take that card today. Uh, later on today, there, uh, as we leave, there's going to be journey newsletters that are handed out at the doors. I don't want you to leave today without signing up for this. All, all, all you're signing up for when you sign up on this card is to get more information. We need your email so that we can send you the questions and, and just the instructions on how this is going to work. But fill that out today. Hand that in at the door when you pick up your journey newsletter um, and make this commitment. Uh, next week, there's going to be more information for each one who signs up at the group link event uh, with more materials to make sure you know exactly what you're signing up for. This is just saying, I, I want to be interested to know more about this because we want to host this conversation and make sure that we're engaging everyone in this culture that we possibly can. Next Sunday uh, at 9.50 in our fellowship hall area, we would invite you to come. There's going to be uh, more information about these simple truth groups, more information about connect groups that you can connect with. We have other groups we plan to launch in the future as well. There's all kinds of ways to connect. Come uh, next week if you haven't yet connected with the group. And I just want to say one more word about this. Consider doing this. Consider stepping up. And uh, if you've never led that group before, invited people in, uh, or if you know people that, you, that need to get connected and you haven't found a way to connect them yet, it's the perfect chance to do that. So fill that out right now. Uh, and when you leave today, uh, drop it off at the door with, with those who are there to receive you. And uh, we'll look forward to, to more information about this in the weeks to come. Let's pray as we close this morning. Our God, our Father, we, uh, we know that we are made and designed for relationship and connection. God, this morning, I just I lift up our groups. I lift up these conversations about the truth that you're going to lead us through. God, I pray these would be impactful, that it would impact our, our city, our county, that people who don't yet know you would find themselves in groups and, and discover that there is truth, God, that would benefit and bless their lives. God, this morning, I pray you would help us to find a place of belonging, whether that's as a leader ourselves or finding the right group. I pray that, that you'd lead us and you'd prompt our hearts in the right direction, God, and May these relationships we build be life-transforming relationships. May, just like the group I've experienced, God, may people find a relationship and a relationship with you through the groups that we have here at Greenville Oaks. We thank you so much for Jesus and for your Holy Spirit that will guide each and every one of us in in our different areas of leadership, God. Thank you for this body, for the members who are part of it, and and the functioning uh, that you desire to, to be even greater in the days to come. We pray this in Jesus. We pray this in Jesus.